message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Pray. Eternal Father, again we thank you for your word. Your word is a light unto our feet. Your word gives us direction. And Father, pray that you might direct us this morning. Pray that you might enlighten us. Speak your word to, to our hearts. And may we apply your truth to our lives. We give you thanks and praise. Amen. My title to us this morning is Be a Uriah. Be a Uriah. Throughout our lifespan, we have come to know some great people. People such as Billy Graham, Mrs. Graham, Martin Luther King, George Washington, Elizabeth Elliot, Winston Churchill, Saeed Abedini, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is still in prison in Iran because of his faith. These people stood up for what they believed in. These men and women were people of integrity, obedience, great discipline, loyalty, and they were honorable. They were resolute in their devotion, whether to their family, to their country, or to their God. As we examine biblical history, I'm sure you have heard the story of David and his sin with Bathsheba. We know that David is one of the great characters of the scripture, complete with many faults as we are, but however, learn from these faults. Nevertheless, our emphasis this morning is not to put the emphasis on David and what he did or did not do. But my intention this morning is to place the emphasis on Uriah and what a great stalwart of the faith he was. Like the men and women of our life's, life's history, Uriah was a man of integrity, devotion, loyalty, honor, and obedience. He was willing to die for the cause. Not because of his loyalty and devotion and obedience to David, as the human king, but because of his loyalty and devotion to his heavenly king. Likewise, we need men and women of integrity, devotion, loyalty and honor and obedience. Not because, not, not as a devotion to our president, our country, our boss, our spouse, but because our, of our devotion to our Heavenly Father. We are here this morning because we have, been trans, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have seen the transformation in our lives because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is because we are liberated from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and soon to come, the very presence of sin. Let's examine the setting of the story. The setting of the story. As we read these verses, we come to the conclusion that David was, one of the very, was very instrumental in committing adultery with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was simply obeying the purification process outlined by the law. It was David who looked inappropriately at Bathsheba and violated, violated her privacy. 
David's sin with Bathsheba caused the domino effect of wrong decisions on David's part. David started to plan and he thought he came up with a brilliant idea. David's scheme was to bring Uriah home on military fur- furlough, hoping, he would, he, he, hoping that he would sleep with his wife and make him the father of David's child. Uriah was, a much, was much more righteous than David in this. He would not permit himself to relax until the war was over. When Uriah reported to David, he asked Uriah what about he asked Uriah about the welfare of Joab, the people, and how the war was going. If we notice in verse one, it says, "In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to war, David should have been there leading his soldiers with Joab and Uriah." When he asked the question to Uriah of how Joab and the men were doing, he didn't really care about how they were doing. He was ready to hatch his plan. David's mindset was to cover up his sin, to get Uriah home and to get and go to bed with his wife and get himself off the hook. Such hypocrisy. The king, the king who had compassion on the crippled son of Jonathan lacks compassion for the old army of Israel, Bathsheba and her husband Uriah. David, David went through the right motions with Uriah. He listens to his report and then gave him the night off to spend the night with his wife. David told him to wash his feet. David was not concerned about personal hygiene. He was more concerned about his reputation. When David said to Uriah, go home and wash your feet, what he was saying to him was to go home and enjoy the wonderful food your wife will be preparing for you and have an intimate night with her. Uriah left David's presence. David David said to himself, you know what, let me sweeten the deal. Let me sweeten the deal a little. Let me send him a gift. The text does not say what the gift was. But maybe it was, for, it was a night for two at the Jerusalem Chateau Elan and Spa and Resort. <laughs> or maybe it was a dinner for two by Chef Radley under the stars. <laughs> whatever the gift was, whatever the gift was, I believe it was a carefully planned gift to entice Uriah to be with his wife. I'm sure Uriah understood what the king was suggesting. I'm sure he did. I'm sure all of us men, after a long way from our wives, would want to go come home and spend a lovely evening with her. Instead, we are told in the text that Uriah never leaves the king's house. He slept in the doorway of the king's house in the presence of a number of the king's servants. These servants were at the door, doorway of the king's palace, guarding the king. Here was Uriah, away from his fellow soldiers in battle, still wanting to serve the king. So instead of going home and enjoying the pleasures of his wife, he stood guard at the king's house. What a faithful servant. He did not enjoy 
a night alone with his wife while his fellow soldiers are in battle and the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, is under a tent. Uriah said, I will serve the king by joining those who guard the doorway of the king's house in order to protect the king's life. Isn't this, isn't this an irony? Here was, here was the king's faithful servant, Uriah, spending the, spending the night to guard the king's life who has taken his wife at night and who was about to take Uriah's life. Here's a faithful man. Isn't such irony. Uriah was willing and ready to die. David did not stop there. David did not stop there. He, res he resorted to extreme measures. Instead of stopping there and admit his, wrong, his wrongdoing to God, he carried his plan a little further. To the sin of adultery, he added the sin of murder. He wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. It contained instructions that Uriah must meet in battle, death in battle. Uriah, honest, upright, fully de dedicated to his nation and to his king, was given a letter with his own death warrant in it and, and, and handed it to Joab, the leader of Israel's army. If David could not cover up his sin by his plots, then he would, then he would seal Uriah's lips so that he could not accuse David for being the father of Bathsheba's child. So this is the setting of the story. Let's examine who who was Uriah? Uriah was listed as one of David's military men. He was one of the elite military men. In 2 Samuel 23, verse, verse 39, and, and 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 41, Uriah was part of, part of David's elite group, elite group called the 30. He was like one of those guys on, what, on Team Seal 6. He was very special. Uriah was from a, from a local and powerful group of people known as the Hittite, which suggests to me that he was not born and bred an Israelite. Uriah was converted and it is possible his name was changed to the, to the Israelite name Uriah, which means Yahweh is light, Yahweh is my light, or my light is Yahweh. Uriah observed the rules of of holy war, including the expectation that warriors in combat would abstain from sexual relations. Therefore, when David, and, when David who had gotten um, Bathsheba pregnant and summoned Uriah from the battlefield in order to get him to sleep with his wife, wife Uriah consistently refused. He was so devoted to God and his fellow soldiers that even when the king David got him, got him drunk, he slept on the mat outside of the king's palace. Uriah, which means Yahweh is my light, was not allowing the darkness of David's sin. I was not following the darkness of David's sin, but following the true light, who is Yahweh. Uriah 
did not succumb to the, to, the, to the pageantry of the palace and the king. He did not give in to the glitter and the gold of royalty. But he followed, he followed his newfound savior, Yahweh. He followed his newfound savior, Yahweh. If we are going to be saints of God, Yahweh needs to be our light. If we are going to celebrate this great independence we have in Christ, then we need to be a Uriah. If we are going to be a church, the church of God, then God needs to guide our every move. If we are going to be men and women of God, then we need to be faithful. Be men of women of honor. Be men of women of integrity. Be men of women of respect. Be men of women of loyalty. Be men and women of obedience. We need to be a Uriah. Let's look on some principles that we can learn from Uriah. To be a Uriah, we must to be a Uriah, we need to be people of devotion. Just like Billy Graham devoted his life to the preaching of the gospel, just like Martin Luther King devoted his life to the freedom and equality of all people, just like Miriam Yaya Ibrahim, the Sudanese woman who devoted her life uh, to Christ and was sentenced to death because she would not renounce her faith. Similarly, Uriah was devoted to God. He knew, you, he knew the object of his worship. He knew that David was not the object of his worship, although David was his earthly king. But the sovereign God of the universe was his center of affection. David's plot was, to, was, to, was, was for Uriah to sleep with his wife and after he, came home for, after he came home from war. Uriah said, I can't sleep with my wife when the Ark of the Covenant is under a tent and my fellow soldiers are, are camped in open field. David seems, David, David seems to have required soldiers carrying out military assignment to keep themselves in a state of ritual purity, which necessarily, which, which necessarily meant refraining from all sexual contact. If Uriah, if Uriah had had sexual relationship with his wife, he would, he would render himself temporarily unfit for military service and thus unfit for service for the Lord. Uriah wanted to return to the battlefield. He did not want to be temporarily unfit knowing his fellow soldiers are fighting a war. Here was David, willing to possible lose the war if Uriah had sexual relations with his wife and go back to the battlefield defiling himself. Uriah's refusal to sleep with his wife was a clear expression of his devotion to his true and living God. Uriah was an honorable man because he did not, because he did what was right, not what was fashionable. The easy thing, the easy thing for him to do was to go home and be with his wife. Why? Am I correct, man? I'm not getting any amen. 
The easy thing for Uriah to do was to go home and be with his wife. I'm sure Bathsheba smelled really good. I'm sure she bought a lovely dress and and, and, and her makeup was, was perfect. She 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 was looking really good. He 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 um she um Uriah um I am sure Bathsheba heard Uriah was coming home and she went out and got her hair done and her makeup done and her nails done. She heard Uriah she heard she heard her husband was coming home. He had just he had just gotten home from war. He was on furlough. Instead of satisfying or honoring self, he honored God and his fellow soldiers. He went out all his way, all out of his way, and showed devotion to his God. That's what Uriah did. One of the keys to our success as believers is our devotion to God. Listen, men, if we are going to honor, if we're if we're, if we're going to be men of honor, then our children need to see us respecting our wives, devoting our time and effort to them. We must glorify them, glorify our wives. When was the last time you glorified your wife? When was the last time you glorified her in front of your children, in front of a friend, in front of a stranger? We need to be men who devote and commit ourselves to our wives as long as we live. Ladies, we need to respect and honor our husband, our husband in, in front of our children. Men and, men and women, our children, need to see us serving each other. I believe, I believe when Christians stand up for biblical principles and devote themselves to the word of God, we'll have a better nation. When we are devoted to the preaching of the gospel and are not ashamed of who we are in Christ, we'll have a better society. When we are devoted to the nucleus of the biblical family and know that God is the one who instituted the family, we'll have a better community. When our young men devote themselves to the chivalry of treating the opposite sex with respect and that they are not just a piece of property for having sex, but they, are the create, but they are created in the image of God and they must be respected and honored. We'll have a better school system. When we, are, when, we are saints, when we are saints of God are devoted to the word of God, which is inspired inerrant text, we'll have a better church. We'll have a better church. My encouragement to you this morning is to be a Uriah. Be a Uriah. Secondly, Second principle we can learn is that to be a Uriah, we must be a people of loyalty. Loyalty. Uriah was a man of loyalty. What is loyalty? Loyalty is faithfulness to a commitment or obligation. It is unwavering allegiance. Uriah was a man of moral principles. A man a man who was in right standing with his peers, a man of honesty, a man of integrity, and a man of sincerity. Do you know, do you know, 
that Uriah carried is that sentence in his own hands. Uriah, Uriah carried is that sentence in his own hands. He had an unwavering allegiance to his earthly king, David. It is very possible that, 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 that they knew each other very well. The fact that David saw Bathsheba taking a bath while he was, uh, while he was atop of the, uh, the palace roof suggests to me that Uriah lived in close proximity to the king. Uriah not only lived this close to the king, Uriah, Uriah would not live this close to the king without having, um, if he did not have a relationship with him. Also, Uriah was part of the king's elite group of military men. Therefore, David knew Uriah pretty well. Because of his loyalty and trustworthiness, Uriah was given a letter from the king to take to his commanding officer, Joab. Uriah's word was his bond. At no time did he, did he take a look, did he peek at the letter. It is likely that, Uriah, that Uriah's mind was wondering. <clears throat> I'm sure his mind was wondering. Why the king brought me home when my fellow soldiers were still in battle? And why he asked me how, how Joab and the soldiers and how the war was going? Why would he do that? It is possible that rumors were circulating around Jerusalem about David and Bathsheba. About David and Bathsheba. And Uriah could have heard about it. David could, David could have sent a, a messenger boy. David could, have sent, David could have sent a messenger boy as David's father, Jesse, did when, when three of his sons were fighting against the, the Philistines when Saul was king. David did not need to, to, to use a military hero. David did not use, need to use a military hero as an errand boy to find out how the war was going. Uriah, Uriah, <coughs> Uriah, may have, may, Uriah may have been thinking, he wanted me to, to be with my wife. He allowed me to get drunk. And now he's giving me a letter to give to Joab. Something must be going on. Something must be going on. However, Uriah believed in the king. Uriah was faithful. Uriah was a man of integrity. And Uriah was loyal, even to the point of death. Here was a man carrying his death warrant, who was loyal to the very end. This reminds me of our soon coming king who left the, 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 who left the splendor of heaven knowingly and willingly that he would die on a rugged cross. A cross which it is said, or which he said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. A cross a cross, which is it, a, a cross that is made, that was made for criminals, but the perfect one died for the imperfect. He suffered its shames, shame and disgrace. He came as our substitutionary sacrifice. 
He, we, we who are sinners should have hung on, <coughs> hung on the cross. He knew he was going to be mocked and ridiculed. He knew he was going to be spat upon. He knew he was going to be rejected and despised by men. He knew his father would, would turn his back on him because his father could not stomach our sins. He knew he was going. He was. He was going. He was. He knew he was going to to, to to be dead for him, but triumph for those who put their confidence in him. Here was the God man. Here was the God man who knew the magnitude of the cross, but did not refrain from the pain of the cross. Did not refrain. He went. All the way. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is the giver of life. His name is Jesus. He was loyal. Even unto death. Even unto death. Uriah was loyal to his king, David. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was loyal to his heavenly Father. We cannot waver one bit on the divine principles that are, that are laid out in scriptures or in God's word. Here was a man, Uriah, who was willing and ready to die for Yahweh. Our Savior knew, who knew what was about to take place in his life, was willing to suffer the consequences. He, he, we, we who are born of God should not refrain from the consequences of the gospel. It does not matter who it may, may offend. It is an offense to those who are outside of Christ. Uriah was loyal even in death. Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Final principle. final principle. To, to be a Uriah, you must be a people of obedience. To be a Uriah, you must be a people of obedience. Israel had the city under siege. The city was sealed off. The enemy had nowhere to go but to their death if they were to leave the city. Joab is now drawn into the plot by David. Joab, Joab obeys David's command to send Uriah into the fiercest part of the battle. And my thinking is that Joab knows what's going on. It is possible that he may even have heard about David's liaison with Bathsheba. In any case, the web of deceit and deception is already being woven and more people are being drawn into the conspiracy. Joab, Joab following the king's order, sent Uriah into an unnecessary battle to be killed. Uriah was obedient unto death. I'm sure Uriah must have, must, must have questions, questioned Joab's strategy. We have the city under siege. The city is surrounded. <coughs> no one can, 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 can go anywhere. The enemies cannot go anywhere. We can, we can wait a few days and when they run out of food and water, they will wave the white flag. 
although he might have known this, he was willing to be obedient to the point of death. Christ has given us an example. Christ knew the sufferings he was about to go through. He knew some of his disciples would disown him. He knew the brutality of the cross, but he was willing to be obedient and he died for our sins. Sins that he did not commit. I pray that we will give up our pride, our fears, and be willing to be obedient to the gospel and win the lost for Christ. Uriah was obedient. Even though, even though things did not seem right, he was obedient because he was in service not to David, the human king, but to the king of kings. We must teach our, we must teach our children obedience. We must teach our children obedience. When we see as a nation how our children are taught, how our children talk back to their parents, it appalls me at times. Some children today have no respect and honor and obedience to their parents because there is no example in the home. Children see their parents not obeying the laws of the land, not living with integrity. They live one way at church and, and another way at home. They see parents talking to each other in ways that are unbecoming. If we are going to be a better nation than parents, we need to set a better example. Obedience is the key to our success as a nation and, our, and as a family. I always tell my son Q that God has established three forms of government. The home, the church, and the government. I tell him once you move yourself from under these authorities, you're setting yourself up, up for failure. You're setting yourself, yourself up for failure. Once you move from under these authorities, we must be obedient to the laws of the land. We must follow the spiritual guidance of the church. We must obey our parents. To be a Uriah, we must be obedient. Uriah was obedient unto death. We as children of the cross, we must be obedient. And as we teach our children, we, they, they, we must teach them that, that they ought to be obedient to the laws of the land, the church, and to the family. They must be obedient. In conclusion, Uriah was a great man of moral character. He was loyal and devoted, faithful, and he was a man of honor and integrity. Uriah did not peek at his own death warrant that he carried in his hands to men who were willing to carry out the king's destructive the direction with precision. Can we say we are faithful, loyal, devoted, and obedient? Are we men and women and children of honor and integrity? Are we going to go with the status quo? Are we, are, are we going to stand up for what we believe in? Who will stand up 
and be a Uriah? Do we have a Uriah here today? We need some Uriah, Uriah. We need some Uriah in our homes, in our schools, in our churches, in our society, and in our government. It is clear, it is clear in our society we don't have a lot of Uriahs. Our wives, uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me challenge us, us men. Our wives and, and sons and daughters are depending on us men to be Uriahs. Let me say that again. Men, our wives, our sons, our daughters, our family are depending on us men to be Uriahs. People who are faithful, people who are loyal, people who are obedient, they're depending on us. We see the lack of character, loyalty, faithfulness, honor, integrity in our society. We see the coarse lyrics that come from, from the songs that our children listen to. We see overt message about sex that are shown on TV each day. Some of our young men are coarse and, and show no chivalry to the opposite sex. Today, some parents allow their daughters to walk out of the house with almost all their body parts showing and think that is okay. We see young men wearing their pants half down, uh, halfway down you know what. And they think it is cool. We see young people having sexual relationships at an early age. We see men mistreat and abuse their wives and, and girlfriends. We see, we, see the, we see the greed for wealth and the lies in our society. We see politicians abuse the power that was entrusted to them by the people. If we are going to be a better nation, if we are going to have a better government, a better church, a better society, a better people, we must be men and women with Uriah's character. We must be men and women with Uriah's character. I believe it starts with us, Cornerstone as a local body. I believe it, star it starts right in here, this morning, for us to be a Uriah. Here was a Nanju. Here was a Nanju. Here was a Nanju, a man who possibly worshipped idols, a man whose culture practiced sexual immorality and murder was a common practice compared to David, who was born and bred an Israelite, a king and the personification of the Jewish ideals of his time, a king who followed after God's own heart, but it was Uriah who was willing to do what it takes, even to die, to serve the great and mighty Jehovah. My encouragement to you this morning is to be a Uriah. A Uriah, Uriah was devoted. Uriah was loyal. Uriah was obedient. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of sincerity. I encourage us. I encourage us all to be a Uriah. Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord. And I believe you have spoken to our hearts. I believe you have challenged our hearts.
Father, we pray that we, your children, will be a Uriah. Will be people who are honorable. People who are devoted. People who are obedient, loyal. People who have integrity. Father, we pray that we might teach our children to be a Uriah. We pray that we might impart to them principles that are laid out in your truth, in your word. Father, continue to speak to our hearts this morning. Challenge our hearts even now as we sing this last song, Lord. We pray that we be men and women who have biblical, who have Uriah's character. Thank you. Continue to work on our hearts. In Christ's name. listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.